Hello, my friends. This is Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Life Over Coffee. This is episode 301, and I have something special for you that you'll be able to listen to throughout this episode. I'm giving you a brief introduction right now. But a couple of days ago, we had a student meeting where there was a Q&A time for our students to talk about the most recent changes in our Mastermind program. And I thought that maybe the best way to for you to have a better understanding of what we are doing in our training is just to hear this interaction between the students and me. And so you will be able to do that. I'm going to play the audio. It's not going to be the entire meeting because we met for an hour and a half. This is a 30-minute podcast, and so I'm just highlighting one specific aspect of the Q&A that we had during that 90 minutes that we had together a couple of nights ago. I have been talking for a while about our Mastermind program, how we are making changes to it. We are midstream as far as those, cha- as far as those changes are concerned. And what we're doing is that we are, we're, we are developing the Mastermind program into three phases. And so there is a, an introductory phase, you can call it, where a person comes in and does the first part, a part of the Mastermind course without doing the entire program. And so this will give them an opportunity to do the actual training, but only take it for a test drive. And then if they decide that they don't want to commit to the longer entire Mastermind program, well, that's great. They haven't made a major commitment and they've received some excellent training in an abbreviated way but they're not making the mastermind commitment, the course commitment. And then the second part of the training is the actual mastermind course, the rest of it. And so they will do a a trial aspect. If they want to continue, then they make the bigger commitment. And this is the two or three year process. You can call that like mastermind 1.0. And so there's an introductory phase where you can try it before you buy it. There will be a Mastermind 1.0, which is the Mastermind program. And then we have Mastermind 2.0. This is when a student graduates and we work with them to continue to grow them in their discipleship, counseling, gifting. And of course, Mastermind 2.0 would be very unique because once you get to the end of the training, it would be similar to, you know, 10 people graduating from college, and then you would work with them individually and uniquely because they would not go into the same field. They don't have the same gifting, the same capacities, the same competence, etc. And so 2.0 is a custom-fitted situation where we work with them to help them to get into the place that they desire to be and the place that they're qualified to be. And so that is one way of looking at our entire Mastermind training, an introductory phase and then Mastermind 1.0 where you commit for the long term and then Mastermind 2.0 where there's custom training according to what God is doing in your life and what you believe that that you want to do for him. Well, this what you're about to hear in just a few seconds is a 
explanation of these types of ideas that I'm sharing with you. And so I want you to listen to our students. They're asking questions and we interact. I I answer the questions for them and we go back and forth. And I trust through listening to this episode, especially for those of you who are interested in learning how to, to counsel others, to learning how to up your discipleship game, well, we're going to make it easier for you. There's an introductory phase, and then there's the mastermind program, and then, of course, you can jump in and we can do some customized training once you finish our mastermind course. Here's the meeting that we had a couple of nights ago. All right, so we have an hour. Sorry about getting on late. We had some technical difficulties. I am recording this and I will put a Zoom link in the Mastermind Forum so other folks can watch it. Uh, This is for you all. And so uh, go ahead and start. Great. Maureen, go ahead. Thanks, Rick. I knew you would. I could count on you for that. So I was came, I came prepared. I, as I went through some things, the only question that I really came up with, and I do appreciate the changes for a number of reasons, but the question that I had was, when you get to um, moving toward a competent counselor and that person is going to be observed counseling, how do you plan to address that with a local church or a, how would you do that? You're talking about 2.0? Yes, sir. Well, hope that uh, ideally, I'll answer it ideally, is that the um, church would be similar to Brandy's church and that the leadership staff or pastors are on board with biblical counseling and they would provide insight and feedback and we could work together, you know, as three parties, that would be the ideal situation. I I know that we don't live with ideal, uh, that ideal is a minority report, but the way that it has worked uh, with Brandy and uh, her pastor, Moses, is that we have interacted together and we've done that on several occasions, you know, by me speaking at their church, by us meeting at conferences, by us doing Zoom calls. I'm talking about just Moses and me mostly. And then, of course, he interacts with, you know, Matt and Brandy interacts with me. And so there's this, there's this interaction to where we can just get real good feedback, you know, for each other. So that's the ideal situation. Now, another aspect of that would be um, counselee feedback. And we'd have to work through, you know, how to get that. I mean, if the feedback, I mean, if you're counseling at that level, you're going to be pretty good at it. And there will be people very much willing to, you know, give their feedback. And so that would happen. There would also be, uh, there's a matter of repetition that would be involved. And so it could be something uh, like having a, a spreadsheet, you know, I, and you can change the names, but, you know, I counseled, you know, Jane Doe for two hours on this date and you have so many counseling hours. And do, so there need to be some kind of tracking mechanism for actual counseling, literal hours. Uh, and so, I mean, that could be one counseling session in two hours. And so that would be an aspect as well. Uh, the accumulative number of hours that you counsel, if you counsel a lot, weekly if you're doing it at this level certification two and one you are going to be counseling a lot because one aspect of being at this level is the gathering ability that people will want to meet with you people will be asking to meet with you which is a part of the external call 
to know that you're called to do this. There's the internal call that I believe that God is calling me to do this, but then there's an external call where other people will affirm that, not just leadership, church staff, but also the very people that you're counseling. And so there would be some kind of feedback mechanism there as well. You can, that's just with us. Now you could go get certification with ACBC and go get an MABC, you know, at some school or something. I mean, you can get ongoing certification and training at another location, which by the way, I'm fine with. And in many cases I would even recommend it. I think somebody put something on the forum. If it was Chad or somebody, I don't remember about uh, a 2.0 and two, the thing about 2.0 is that it's going to have, it's going to look different for everyone. And so for, and it has to look different for everyone because once you get out to that level, your uniqueness is going to be more distinct than it was when you did block one in the mastermind program where everybody's doing the same thing and starting from the same place. And so we're coming in with a V, but by the time you get to that level, you will need different kinds of training depending on where you're going, because at that point, it's more clearly defined as to what you should be doing and where you're going. Therefore you need specific training for that. For example, if you wanted to start a counseling ministry in a local church, I would recommend that you get a master's degree uh, in biblical counseling, because you have to have a broad swath of knowledge deep and wide to be able to as best case scenario, to be able to run a counseling ministry at a local church. And so if you're going that way, that would be, uh, important. If you're working in the mastermind program, Brandy's getting been getting her 2.0 for a, a long time now, and she would she has said on several occasions that th- things have really come together for her in her mind and have crystallized a lot in her mind by going that way. Cece is taking a similar but different path as well. And then some people may just want to go get a ACBC training and get certification there, which again I would I would recommend. And so. One of the things for getting more training is that I think it's wise in most cases to get training from a different place. And so like if you're going to get two college degrees, get one degree at this university and another degree at that university, because you're going to get two different perspectives, two different worldviews, two different, et cetera. So you get training from us and you get training from ACBC. It's going to be different. And it would allow you to assimilate that and it'll make you a better person rather than getting training at the same place. Now, if you want to get training all the way through at the same place, that's fine too. But again, that's the uniqueness at that level. And it really depends situationally uh, where your church is. If your church is cooperative, for example, or these other training avenues that you want to take. Thank you. Now, what we would do at that level, we would start talking about it. Uh, What do you want to do and what would be a good fit? And we'd love to give, uh, input as to what that would be. I would also say too this: it's, it's, it would be a unique thing, honestly, to be uh, at a level two or level one, uh, be, because it 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 really gets smaller numerically as far as qualified people at that level. If I were in training for being a mathematician or whatever, I would never make that level because my mind just doesn't work that way. That's just the way it is. I, I would say one out of a hundred, maybe, you know, would be a certification at a certification one level. Most people won't. And that's one of the things that we do want to distinguish because uh, as I've said in the ACBC level, everybody's the same level. 
everybody gets the same certification. And that has been the sticking point with me all these years. That has always been a sticking point. And only until recently have I've been able to like crack the code to, as I said, in other places to figure out how we can do this and move people along at a rate that's fair to them and fair to counselees. Is that your list, Maureen? What's the upside to the this new approach we're taking? Well, when I walked away from it, I was grateful. Um, it allows me the opportunity when I explain the program to other people, it's a more targeted explanation. A lot of times the first thing people will say is, well, what happens at the end? Like, what are you working toward? Is it a certification? Is it a, so now I can explain, I have a target for them and it makes more sense. It's easier to explain. Um, I appreciate that the program isn't going to peddle a false bill of goods and that everybody that comes through here is going to be certified. You know, I personally have had a variety of counselors that I've experienced at different levels and some, you know, certified, but not necessarily skilled. So I just really appreciate that. Yeah, the other aspect of that, uh, what uh, what the end looks like, and uh, this this is an issue that I think has been a personal struggle for the students, is that the students don't have a clear definition of the end. And I'm not talking about, uh, you, you're mentioning it from what what is the end as far as what the organization provides, which that clarity needs to be, and I appreciate that. But there also needs to be clarity in the student's mind as to what the end, what they want the end to be for them. When I started my MABC, I already knew what the end was before I started. The end was I was going to be on a church staff and heading up a counseling ministry. And because I had that end in mind, uh, that kept me pushing toward the end. But most students don't have an end in mind. And because and, and that would be the same for any discipline that we were to go in. If 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 we were learning to play the piano, and to why are you playing the piano? I I don't know. You know, just it's interesting. It would be hard to persevere. But if it's I want to learn how to play to play the piano because I want to play at my church, then I have an end in mind, and it would be easier to persevere. And also. When the tough stuff happens in the program, that's how you persevere. And so it's like someone going to boot camp. They know that end of these six weeks or whatever it is. I've never been to boy, boot camp. I was in Boy Scouts, and I think I got, I got kicked out for smoking pot. But nevertheless, however, whatever that length of time is, you persevere because you know that there's a goal in the. And, and, and I, I think that's one of the things that uh, hinders or, or knock a student out of the program quicker than anything else, that they don't, they're really not purpose driven to borrow an expression. And so we want to be clear in what the end will be, as you have said, but each student has to be clear, like, why am I doing this? And, and, and if those answers are like, I just want to be a better discipler, or I want to be a better spouse, or I want to be a better human being, those goals in, in almost every situation will not give you the perseverance that you need. Uh, there needs to be a definitive thing that you're pushing toward, and that makes a huge, huge difference. Because if you really have that goal, it's like, I mean, the boot camp illustration is a good one when the drill sergeant's yelling at you and you're crawling around in the mud and you're asking yourself, why in the heck am I doing this? 
and you have to remind yourself, this is why I'm doing this. And he can yell all he wants to, but I'm going to finish this. And there's nothing that he could do that will kick me out. That's the kind of deter- a goal that a, a, a student would have to have in mind. Lisa? I don't know if I, can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. Okay. These are my son's fancy headphones. So. How old is he now? He's driving. He's 16. He's six foot four and a half. Are you serious? I'm really serious. <laughs> did you say s- did you say six four? Six four and a half, actually. Yeah. Well, He's Lisa's tall. six feet tall, aren't you? Or six one, right? I, I'm five eleven and a little bit, but yeah. He's yeah, tall. I look Le- up, way up. <laughs> he probably hasn't even noticed the fact that he's taller than you all, right? Oh no, he's never never mentioned that he's taller at all <laughs> so, so we were there was it 2017 18 two years ago 20 yeah 2018 2018, the end of 2018. in the fall and he mm. was shorter than me so mm. he's really shot up oh yeah yeah because he was just 14 then wow mm-hmm. that's something all right thanks for the update yeah. <laughs> All right. So questions. Um, I think the only question I have is just how do I fit in <laughs> into the program, which I'm sure you'll, you will um, lay out for us over the next little bit. Is there any particular struggle At, with the program right now or just trying yeah, to understand this, this idea of fitting in and so forth? Um. No, there's no particular struggle. I'm just wondering how it, what it looks like going forward for me. So I come at it in a little bit of a different way than when you, what you had just explained, how we, each student should have a goal, um, should pick the level and kind of have that goal, and that helps you to persevere. I've come at it a little bit differently in the past, and maybe it's my mind that I need, my perspective I need to change in it. But my perspective has been more of uh, I'm trying to see where God has God is calling me, wh- where what place I fit into. Is it just a discipler, um, which that happens in my home, and th- I'm I'm very content with that, or is it small group, or is it more or more or more? And and so um, I guess it's hard for me. I, I would like to be able to push and see how, where I need to go, where, where God is calling me. Um, but I look at it differently than just picking, oh, I'm going to go for level one and that's where I'm going. So I'm trying to see just where, how do I fit in at this point? Now that helps. Okay. So let me clarify uh, when I say have a goal and end goal, it, it, it doesn't have to be level anything. It's whatever goal that you have in mind that will give you the perseverance to go through. And if what you just explained is what you want, then if that gives you the perseverance to go through, uh, then that is a good goal. But many people, many of our students historically have not clearly defined what they want or they're not as dogmatic about what they want because other things creep in, they stop, there's other priorities. And so maybe that's another way of saying it. 
that whatever your priority is for this program, is that a strong enough priority to push you all the way through? And the way that you have described it, the priority or the goal is to grow as a disciple maker and you're curious as to where it will land you. If that curiosity gives you the perseverance to go through, that's good enough. Now, I realized the goal that I had was it was very definite and you know concrete, uh, and, and that can happen. But then you could have something like what you just described. But if it gives you the perseverance to go through, that's, that's fine. And so you, you want to become a better disciple maker, and there's this mysterious end at the end that you're excited about. And you want to find out what it is. Uh, if that gives you the perseverance to go through, that's that's good enough. But with anything that you do, and, and, and for those of you who have gone to college, for example, I mean, or I mean, I don't even know how Jolene became a mortician, but you know, if you if you put mortician out there in front of you, you're gonna do what you have to do to become that thing. And so that's really what we're talking about. It's whatever that goal is. And I, I described it as one way using myself as an illustration, but there's a hundred different ways. There's a thousand different ways to, you know, pick whatever your goal is, but it has to be strong enough to pull you all the way through when the going gets rough and the distractions intensify because that's a part of it. Anything that's worth doing, there will be these distractions and that will test you. So if we just continued on the mastermind program, like we're, we've been doing it, what would that accomplish at the end? Would that mean, you know, kind of going back that, I think I'm a little bit confused as the 1.0 versus 2.0 and how that all fits in. If you just continued to do all the assignments, like they're assigned currently, what would that look like? Well, it would be a richer study uh, for sure, because you would read uh, an ST text and you would be wrestling through writing case studies based on whatever the particular topic is. Same thing with the books. It would be a stronger version of 1.0. The goal with changing it this way is that students just weren't completing it. The attrition rate is there's two things. The attrition rate is way too high and the distance or the gap between block to block for any student is way too wide. And from an academic educational perspective, both of those things are poor because learning is accumulative. And if you do, I'll give you an illustration of a former student. He did a block in March and then did one in September. And I, I just had a conversation with him. This is six, seven years ago. I had a conversation with him. I said, you know, this is not how we learn. And so we, we you know, can you pick up the pace or, and he, he, he couldn't or didn't or whatever that word is. And so he left the program. Now we're, we're friends today and I actually coach him regularly. I mean, I've, I've been meeting with him for years and we're really good friends, but I also had a more personal conversation with him because we were good friends. That's just not how training uh, education works. And so I, I've had to think through if, if the gaps are so wide, then the student is not benefiting from the training because they're, really not involved in the program. And so this is just not good for them. And then, and then the fallout rate was high, which was the other issue. And so what I was thinking through is how can we get them in the program and keep them in to build traction, to build relationship, uh, to actually build in their lives. And so as a pastor, I've shared this before, but we've, we had this saying on staff is keep them in the building. 
just keep them in the building. Our, our goal was always to keep them in the building. And because we know that the more that we can keep them in the building, there's a greater possibility that we can actually help them. And so how can we keep them in the building? And so this is how can we keep a student in the mastermind program? And so we're not dumbing it down, really not, but we're making it doable. And so if they finish the program, this new program, as it is written, they will be in it two or three years. They will have a, a wonderful training experience. They will be a much better Christian husband, wife, et cetera. They will be more inclined to take something deeper and richer at the end. But the way it is now, we have someone comes in and they don't do anything for ever. And then they come back in a year later and don't do anything forever, which again is not an anomaly. And so there's no point in that. There's just really no point and so, so, so now we have a, we have a three-part system where you can come in and try three blocks to where we can assess you, you can self-assess yourself. And then the second part would be 1.0. And if they go all the way through that and get into 2.0, where we can do really work with them specifically to give them special things unique to them, uh, that would be the ideal student process. Now, if someone wants to come in, Matt Harder, and, and do 1.0 and read the books and do it the old-fashioned way, and they can do that consistently, well, they will obviously get more. Uh, and then by the time they ever get to a 2.0 situation, uh, they will just be farther ahead because they've done more. Um, I'd say for me, I, and I'm going through it at a slow pace that you recognize, but, um, it, it has been incredibly helpful. I, I mean, doing, I'm, I'm one of my roles as the, one of the associate pastors is doing counseling. And so I have learned so much from this program, even though I'm a quarter of the way through and it's taking me longer to get through it, um, than I would like, but it has just been very beneficial. It's helped me to think in categories I never thought of before doing this. And even, with having a, a master's of divinity, the, there is, that is very academic and it's very little, um, has to do with application and those kinds of things. And so this, that's the one thing that I really appreciate about this program. And as I'm teaching people and I'm doing different te teaching stuff, it has been very, it, it, people are thirsty for these kinds of, uh, this kind of learning and application of scripture and theology and those kinds of things. And I'm just, I'm, I'm very grateful that for this program and being enrolled in this program and the resources that you have, like I'm using the getting ready book for premarital counseling. I, I have four couples I'm working with right now and I'm taking every one of them through this and every couple is saying, look, this has been a game changer for us. Um, both premarital and couples that are struggling. And so I just want to give you kudos and say thank you for producing this stuff, for working with us and helping us get better at what God has called each one of us to be able to do. And I, I just wanted to say thank you for it. I'll second that. Oh, I, I'll third that. I'll add to what you said, Matt. Um, my goal has has remained, remained the same ever, ever since I started. And I think having a goal of being a discipler is a great goal to be a part or an intentional part of the church, of the local church. And 
and reaching out and actually being involved in people's lives. Um, mm. I still feel very passionate about that and feel very called to that. So I am grateful for what I'm learning um, in this program and might be nothing more than a discipler, but that to me is wonderful and certainly what my goal was to start with. Yeah. Okay, enough of that. Um. Uh, but I want to turn. <laughs> Can I have a turn? Sure. Okay. I agree very much so. I am very thankful for this. Pro it's, I've been gone for what, almost two years? And in that whole time, I've been thinking about what you taught me in the beginning of it all. And God has used it in so many different ways in my own life and in all the struggles and hardships that we've walked through. And, and also, I have watched our church, our local body here, just blossom and grow in these beautiful and amazing ways. And still to this day, I get asked, how's Rick and Lucia? <laughs> and still to this day, they want to know how, what Rick would think about this. How, and so over the last two years, while God has been working in our family and in our lives and trying, he has not let you guys get out of our minds <laughs> through our local body and in our own in our own lives too but i just am thankful i'm thankful you for this ministry and for all the work that you guys have done so, i'm done you have been listening to life over coffee with rick thomas if you have a question for rick you can let him know by sending him a note through his website rickthomas.net that's rickthomas.net thanks for listening Enjoy your coffee.